Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, where each week, Dr. Frank Domino, along with his guests, translates today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. Now, broadcasting from the University of Massachusetts Medical School in Worcester, Mass., your host, Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. It's mid-January, and you are seeing a six-year-old girl with a terrible upper respiratory tract infections. Her parents are exhausted, as is she because of her runny nose and cough that's been keeping her up all night. The parents have been giving her honey to try to help with the cough, but they're looking for something else to try to make their daughter feel better. Mom knows that there's no medical data on the use of over-the-counter agents helping colds get better faster and has already been giving her ibuprofen to try to provide her some comfort. But she wonders, is there anything else we can do? This is Frank Domino, professor in Department of Family Medicine and Community Health. And joining me today is Susan Feeney, doctor of nurse practitioner and assistant professor and coordinator of the Family Nurse Practitioner Program at the University of Massachusetts Medical School, Graduate School of Nursing. Thanks for coming, Susan. Thanks, Frank. What is the data on using over-the-counter agents for colds and, and, and symptoms in children? And, and why did the American Academy of Pediatrics recommend against their use? Well, um, the second question's very intriguing. They recommended against it because there is no data that shows using a cough suppressant or a decongestant or a classical antihistamine makes children or, or even most of us get better faster. Uh, viral infections have to run their course, your body's immunity needs to, to take care of it, and these agents um, don't necessarily help shorten the illness or decrease the adverse uh, effects of those illnesses. In some cases, there's even a little bit of data that shows they make things worse. For example, classic antihistamines, while they may dry up some secretions, can induce constipation and, and can cause drowsiness or excitation in children and adults. And so uh, their, their role is pretty limited. We know that things like wifenicin and other cough suppressants, even codeine, really don't help. Uh, they only, if anything, provide placebo benefit and sometimes cause even worse outcomes. Uh, so why give them if they're not going to shorten the illness and why give them if they're going to potentially cause an adverse outcome? And I think those are all real reasonable questions. We need to keep the child hydrated, keep their fever under control for some comfort, and do their best to, to make the child and the rest of the family not get any, any further illness. That being said, sometimes there's a role for symptomatic care. Again, not necessarily to shorten an illness, but just to make the child and the family feel better. And so uh, I think we need to at least keep an open mind about using agents where uh, you're providing symptomatic control. The big issue that we worry about is serious adverse events. And this paper published in Pediatrics in 2016 collected 4,200 cases of an adverse outcome associated with over-the-counter cough and cold agents in children. And what they found was that the vast majority of those adverse events were associated with accidental unsupervised ingestions, meaning that the ability for the child to access the, the medication uh, was not protected, the child was able to get into it and consume at a very high dose. 
only a small degree were associated with dosing errors by the patients, less than 15%. So my question just um, is that there was some data that there aren't really good dosing recommendations for the very young children, like mm -hmm. two and under. And I know that as kids get older, we have a little bit more data on what's an appropriate dose. Right. We, we don't know what, in American Academy of Pediatrics says even four and under, we should have some hesitation. I, I think um, based upon weight, you can, you can try to calculate this. What's really challenging is that many of these agents are multi-drug. And so uh, that's where I think some of the concern falls, is that you're trying to give a dose of an alpha agonist to help dry up secretions, and then you've got to dose the guaifenesin as well as possibly uh, the antihistamine. So dosing is really challenging and, and often impossible with uh, agents that contain more than one chemical. Right. So what can we recommend then to, to um, your patient and her, her mom? Well, I think when we think about adverse events, worst case scenario is death. And so we want to do nothing that's going to increase that risk. In this study of 4,200 cases, there were 20 cases of death. Most of that occurred in children under the age of two. So if you set two as your cutoff, you'll be very safe to cause any serious adverse event. Most of those cases were when a therapeutic dose was far exceeded. So the parent or the caregiver gave a dose that was highly inappropriate for the child. Uh, and I think there's actually uh, some great literature that shows using a dosing syringe is the safest way to provide any dose to a child. My mom always had a teaspoon, and I'm certain more of it appeared on the floor and the ceiling than in my system. So use a dosing syringe, not a teaspoon, not a dosing cup, and that'll dramatically lower that risk. Use age two and above as the absolute you know, minimal cutoff, and even four and above is probably the most safe. But if I'm going to give a child something for symptomatic care uh, and they have lots of secretions, I think what we have the best data on and what's known to be safe and somewhat effective is a single agent like phenylephrine. It normally comes two and a half milligrams in five cc's and for a four to five year old, um, five cc's can be given up to every four hours, although I would never recommend that. I would say if the child's having trouble sleeping, I'd give a dose uh, you know, not long before bedtime, maybe associated with some NSAID like ibuprofen, and that way at least the child will get a little less secretion, sleep a little better, and, and start to feel better quicker. Maybe if the child was also having quite a bit of daytime symptoms, I'd give a second dose, but I'd encourage the parents that once or twice a day is really the maximum. You're providing symptomatic relief, and the real things we need to do are the things we've done forever push fluids um, and, and make the child comfortable, especially if they're febrile with an antipyretic like acetaminophen and ibuprofen. Was there any evidence on um, you know, sinus hygiene or bulb suctioning or, or you know, fluid or steam? So, um, so well, let's go back from the first. There's great data that shows steam doesn't do anything. It doesn't provide any shortening of illness. It, it may provide symptomatic relief to a small subset, but not a majority of patients. So if that's helping the child, that's awesome. Bulb syringing, the data is, is out because A, children don't have sinuses. And so what you're trying to do is clear their, their nasal passages and they really don't want a rubber tube stuck up there. Um, we're doing it to treat the parent, not necessarily to treat the child. 
Um, so I think I think with that in mind, that's a, a fine thing to consider for infants, but recognizing that maybe um, you're not necessarily doing any any the child any benefit. So how would you explain all of this to um, your patients and your patient's mom? Well, I think in particular for parents, you have to remind them that colds are a necessary part of life. Developing immunity is, is what's happening. And so uh, the child being ill, while it's unfortunate, uh, is unlikely to be life-threatening. And making the child symptomatically improved is our mission. And so do as little harm as possible. Keep them happy. Keep them hydrated. Uh, parents often worry because the child will go two, three days without actually eating any solid foods or any any real foods that's okay give them some soup give them something to take care of their discomfort like acetaminophen and ibuprofen which can by the way be given at the same time every six hours and that actually lowers the risk of overdose and um and and just be patient if you really need to use something wait till age greater than four and use a single dose agent like like uh, phenylephrine uh, dosed at a at a very reasonable way and uh, be patient. And you and you can get those syringes um, pretty easily at the pharmacy. Every pharmacy, every every convenience store typically sells them. But if you've got a parent who's on the edge, or you're concerned, or they're overwhelmed, we often have five and ten cc syringes in the office. Don't be afraid to share one. Okay. Susan, thanks so much for helping me discuss the case of of my poor little six year old and her family. Thanks, Frank. Practice pointer. Use of pediatric cold and cough medications is associated with a very small but real adverse event rate. Use caution and remember the goal of treating upper respiratory tract infections in children is to provide comfort care. Join us next time when we talk about the risks of using sulfonylureas in the treatment of type 2 diabetes. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine brought to you by PrimeMed. For more information about the article referenced in today's episode, look under the resources section of the episode landing page. Need help reaching your CME credit goal this year? If so, please browse the more than 300 free CME accredited activities now available on primed.com. We want to keep making this podcast better with every episode, so we need your feedback. Tell us what you think by submitting your feedback via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or log into primemed.com and submit your feedback at the bottom of the episode landing page. Thank you again for listening.